0: Hello, Next Level. Thank you so much for having me here today. What an honor it is to be able to speak into the life of your incredible church. I got to say right off the bat how much I love and appreciate your pastors, Deshaun and Michelle. You guys are awesome. I just love what you're doing, the way you're raising your family, the team you've built, and the heart that you have for your city and beyond. As, as a church, we've just begun over these last number of months developing a location in Toronto. And so I've been able to be out there more often. And one of the great joys has been just seeing ourselves as part of what God is doing in the GTA along with yours. You're incredible. The special gift that your pastors are to you. Great. Would you speak to us today? pray that you'd open up your word, that you would bring principles Uh, out that would become alive to us and that you'd give us the courage to put them into action and to see them bear fruit. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, like I said, or like was said, my name is Justin. I'm the pastor of Vivid Church. My wife, Jennifer, and I want to send you greetings Do people still do that? Well, we're going to do that. We send you greetings, uh, not only from us, but our eight kids. We just had baby number eight last week. And so we've got a 17-year-old, a 15-year-old, a 13-year-old, an 11-year-old, a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, a three-year-old, and now a little baby boy. And uh, so we got five boys, three girls. We're just having the time of our lives and uh, we're excited. I'm looking forward to being out again in Toronto in the next couple of weeks. Maybe some of us can hang out. You can suggest some great food spots. And we're really honored that as a church, we're gonna be leading worship online for next level next month and so get ready for that we're excited and blessed to be able to do that today if you're taking notes the the title of the message i didn't blessed to be able to do that today if you're taking notes the the title of the message is very simply sorry not sorry have you seen that, that before? Maybe that hashtag on a post when someone is trying to express that they feel an emotion, just not the one that you want them to feel. They're like, sorry. No, I'm not sorry. Like a person who's on vacation and maybe that maybe they're double vaxxed and they can go somewhere warm and they're taking a little picture of their, their feet out on the beach and then they, they hashtag it. Sorry. Mm, not sorry. Maybe it's the same feeling that a married couple gets when they're excited about being married and they're hanging out with a single friend and they're like, oh, sorry. Actually, you know what? I'm not sorry. I'm just excited. I'm just blessed. Maybe it's the feeling that, that I get every time I eat meat around a vegan. Yeah, probably. I'm like, sorry. Actually, wait a minute. This is bacon. I'm not apologizing for bacon. Sorry, not sorry. Today, I want to speak to you around this topic, and I think there's, there's really nothing that would say this more than, than this one reality. I know this is what you believe as a church. It's certainly what I believe from the very core of my being. God wants to bless you god is a god of blessing he is kind loving compassionate and full of resource and blessing the bible says that out of the fullness of his grace we all receive one blessing after another and when you receive blessing it's like the ultimate sorry not sorry i'm I'm grateful to be on the receiving end of god's blessing how about you i know you're in a, a series right now called freedom and today i want to speak to a topic that I, I i really believe is going to unlock some freedom in your life it might make you uncomfortable it might even make me uncomfortable while i share it but just off the bat i gotta say sorry not sorry today i want to speak to you about about giving Whew. yeah i went there that's right giving i know someone right now you're thinking wait a second Does the church want my money? Glad you asked that. The answer right off the bat is no. No, the church doesn't want your money. The more important question you ought to be asking is, does God want your money? And interestingly, the answer is actually yes, but not because he needs it. God God is in no lack. God wants your money because he wants your heart. The Bible says this, that where your treasure is, There your heart will follow. And God desperately wants the hearts of his sons and daughters, the people of God, to be invested in what he cares about. And so does God want your money? Well, yeah, because he wants your heart. You've seen this principle play out. How how many people right now you're watching and you've ever had an investment? Come on, where are my GME people at? You got an investment, you got something invested, and all of the sudden, those three letters, G-M-E, or A-M-C, or or whatever other thing, all of a sudden, you are very aware of what the market is doing in that regard. And what happens when you see it in green? The emotions are high. What happens when you see it in red? Oh, the emotions are low. Why? Because your heart is now invested because your money's invested. Let me put it another way. If you have had the opportunity to own a home, well, that's a a really big sorry, not sorry, by the way. Good for you. That's awesome that you're able to own a home. And the housing market is going up and other people are complaining the housing market's too high, but not you. No, you're excited because you're so invested in that market. You've put your treasure there. And so where your treasure is, your heart follows. And the very same way, when we are invested in this house, when we're, you're invested in next level, the, the health, sustainability, progress, success, the miraculous intervention of God in the house of God, it gets you excited. Why? Because where your treasure is, your heart is following. So you just need to know right off the bat, Pastor Deshaun and Michella don't want your money. Next level church doesn't need your money. This is God's house. God, God's on the move here. But God actually... Wants your investment that your heart might follow your treasure. Can we start today? Turn to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17. You know what's funny, Pastor Deshawn? As I'm preaching about giving over the internet, I can actually see if people are tuning out. Sometimes when you preach about giving in person, you just you're just hoping that people are with you. But today, as we watch, we can see who's still watching. Come on, let's see that number of concurrent watchers stay up. Why? Because, because this is a principle of God's blessing, it would be a disservice to the people of God if in the church we shied away from talking about something so foundational as money. Check this out. Book of Jeremiah chapter 17, starting at verse seven. I wanna read it for you. It says this, but blessed, can someone say blessed? Come on, if you're watching in a watch party, can you just shout it out and say blessed? But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water and that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes, its leaves are always green. It has no worry in a year of drought and it never fails to bear fruit. What a beautiful picture of blessing, this vibrant tree that is full of life. You know, we're watching right now a gardener. This year, we've begun to garden a little bit around my house Uh, My kids and I, we got out, we we cleaned up this one section of our yard and we put some plants, some seeds in the ground. Well, what's happening in this picture of blessing is, is God is reminding us that blessing is also happening under the surface. There's not a single person who gardens that would expect there to be fruit if there's not roots. It's actually what's going on under the surface that is determining the ability of a plant to grow over the surface. Do you ever remember being maybe in kindergarten or grade one, and you got sent home with a bean? You got sent home maybe with maybe with a bean seed. I got some seeds here, and uh, and it's like this. And you maybe perhaps wrapped it up. There we go. You wrapped it up in a piece of paper towel, wet paper towel, and before long it began to grow. And it's amazing how quickly it can grow. But the growth is not evident only by the fruit. The growth is determined by the root in fact the depth of your life the root of your life will determine the ability of your life to grow you know what's crazy about roots roots actually allows like a well-developed root system allows us to sustain heat and when the heat is turned on the plant with good roots actually flourishes the plant without good roots gets scorched Isn't that crazy last week here in bc we had the biggest heat wave in the history of our province. In fact, it was the highest recorded temperatures in the history of Canada. In fact, in a community outside of our city, the community of Lytton, it recorded a higher temperature than the city of Las Vegas has ever recorded, 49.5 degrees Celsius, burning hot. But for plants with good roots, that type of heat actually accelerates growth. For plants with no roots, it brings death. Here's what God is saying, that the The blessed person has such well-defined roots that even in a season of drought, its leaves are always green. Do you know if you're a person who works on developing the roots of your character, who works on developing the roots of your disciplines, that, that when the heat is turned on in your life, you actually bear fruit. Man, I wanna be around that person, that person. And guess what? This bean right here, it says if I plant it, then I can, I can expect over time, oh, how many days we got? About 80 days, it will develop into a fruit bearing plant. But, but the person who's walking in God's blessing, whose confidence and trust is in God, says this person never fails to bring forth fruit. Isn't that incredible? That there's not just one fruit-bearing season, there is perpetual fruit in their life. I want to be that person. I love to be around that person. That hard times come, and it would be easy to say in that type of situation, I'd just go bitter. I would just get scorched. I would just give up. But not them. No, they bear fruit. That, that when difficulty comes, they bear fruit. That when there's a season of, of impossibility, they're bearing fruit. That when others would give up, they keep going, and they bear fruit. Well, who's the one who's blessed in this context? The Bible says blessed is the one who trusts, whose confidence. It says they don't have to worry in a time of drought. Do you know part of God's blessing in your life is peace? God wants to bless you with peace. And you go, well, where are you going with this, Pastor Justin? You said you were talking about giving, and now you're talking about gardening. The reason is that, that God kind of uses the picture of gardening. In fact, I want to show you one other passage that we're going to springboard off of today in order to help us with this. You do see here that there's an unnatural, abundant amount of fruitfulness that comes with those who put their trust in God. Now look at the way the Apostle Paul discusses the very same metaphor. 2 Corinthians, if you have your Bible, turn with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, starting at verse 6. It says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Only expect to see one plant come from this seed. It would be it would be ridiculous for me to place one seed in the ground and wondering why the whole garden hasn't brought forth fruit. But you know what's pretty cool is that even one seed it does bring forth remarkable return. Because because this bean doesn't just produce another bean, it produces a, a plant that's full of beans. In fact, it produces a plant that's full of beans that are full of seeds that produce plants that are full of beans that are full of seeds. One bean planted, one seed planted still brings an incredible harvest, but how much more so an abundance of seeds brings forth an abundance of harvest. God says this, just remember that if you're going to sow sparingly, then you're going to reap sparingly. It'll still be blessed. It'll still be incredible. But if you're going to sow generously, you can expect to reap incredibly abundant, generous return. It's just, it's just a principle. It just makes sense. My goodness, the Bible's talking a lot about gardening. Check this out. It says, each of you should give then what you've decided in your heart to give not reluctantly, not under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God loves the person with anticipatory faith who's going, you know what? I'm just trusting God through this season. I know we've been in lockdown. I know things look uncertain. I know it's been disappointing and discouraging. I know we haven't even gathered together as a church in months, but I'm putting abundant seed in the ground. I'm putting abundant faith in the ground. I'm trusting God. I want the whole garden to be full of abundance. Don't give because you feel like you gotta. Don't give because you feel like you're, you're compelled to do so. Give out of cheerfulness. Look at this, verse eight. It says, and God is able to bless you so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. I love the totalitarian, no, not totalitarian, the totality, I should say, of the language here. All, 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 every. He goes, in all things, All times, having all you need to abound in every good work. As it's written, they have freely scattered their gift to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower, that's God, and bread for food, also God, will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. How great is that news? You know, maybe you have thought, maybe you've been taught or misunderstood a teaching about giving. The thought that I'm going to give so I can receive. I'm going to be generous just so that I can bring back a harvest. But actually what the Bible is saying is here is I'm going to give so that I can give. I'm going to plant, not sparingly, but I'm going to plant abundantly so that I can expect to continue to give abundantly. Do you know what? Blessing doesn't feel like receiving. Blessing feels like giving. I give not so I can receive. I give so I can keep giving. The Bible actually says it this way. It's more blessed to give than to receive. So what, what does blessing feel like? Well, blessing feels like giving. And God says this, I want you to plant so you can expect to reap a harvest. But you know what happens in between planting and harvesting? Growth. Growth. And you know what growth feels like? Growth feels like stretching. See, growth and fruitfulness are not the same. Growth feels like stretching. Maybe right now you feel stretched. Maybe you go like, right now, in my marriage, I'm feeling really stretched. Good news, you're growing. Right now, my friend group, there's some difficult times. It's really pressing us. Guess what? That's great news, you're growing. Right now as a church, we're feeling so stretched. Awesome, your church is growing the ability to be more fruitful. We plant, we grow, we wait, and then we receive a harvest. God is saying this, I I want you to, to bless you and I want to bless you in such a way that you can keep on being a blessing. I remember not too long ago, I was uh, in a, a Subway restaurant with my kids. And, and so you can imagine when we walk into a Subway restaurant, a long line of us, and they're sharing their sandwiches and picking their, their ingredients. And as they were doing so, I became really aware the, the, the sandwich artist who was making our sandwich was just having a rough day, like kind of fighting tears, working through her job, but, but not really feeling. And so we, we finished, we got our food, we went outside to eat. And I said, kids, did you notice how, how she was feeling? And they said, yeah, I feel we got to do something for her dad. And they said, I know what we can do. We can give her a gift. So as they were eating their sandwiches, Jennifer and I went into a store. We got her some flowers. We got her some chocolates. We came back into the store. We said, hey, we just want you to know, you're an awesome sandwich artist. Those sandwiches were delicious. I don't know what you're going through today. I can tell it's something painful. We just want to be a blessing to you and thank you for who you are. And then the tears she was fighting became full-fledged tears. And we walked out of that place not in not smelling the flowers not tasting the chocolates but certainly the ones who were experiencing the blessing it's way more blessed to give than to receive so next level church i want to challenge you don't sow sparingly and only reap sparingly So sow incredibly extravagantly and generously that you can expect that God who provides seed for the sower and bread to eat will continue to cause blessing to abound in your life so you can keep on giving keep on experiencing the joy of giving the blessing of giving and and honestly when I talk about giving I'm sorry but not sorry this is great news God is pushing us towards trust And there's no greater test of trust, I believe in the Bible, than the trust required in tithing. Oh my goodness. Pastor Josney, you're you're a guest speaker here. We're in a series called Freedom, and you dive straight into tithing. Yeah, I want to talk about tithing because I believe it's powerful. And guys, I am sorry, but I'm not sorry at all. God wants to unlock a blessing in your life that's truly incredible. Check this out in the book of Malachi chapter 3. Even right now, some of you go, this is stretching me. Awesome. Stretching is what growing feels like. God's getting ready to burst forth some fruitfulness in your life. Check this out. Malachi chapter three. I want to read this to you again. You've probably heard this before. Let me read it to you again. Malachi chapter three in verse 10. It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there won't be room enough to store it. Now, I don't know how you read this. Sometimes if I'm not careful, here's what I hear. <clears throat> Bring the whole tithe. <laughs> but the, the essence of this verse is not the part that we play. It's actually the part that God promises to play. He goes, I, I want to pour open the floodgates of heaven. I want to I be put to the test, and I want to flood your life with blessing. So I know right now, there would be some of you who are going like, this is making me a little uncomfortable. Well, I just want you to trust me, okay? Just trust me. This is going to be okay. In fact, don't even just trust me. Just trust God. He's got a way to bring us through this into something incredible. I remember uh, a while back, I was on the train in our city. In fact... Before COVID, we have locations in three different places and I travel from one to the other by a train. And uh, so I preach at one, I jump on the train, I go, and I'll often take some of my kids with me. So I had my son, Arrow, with me and, and we were on the train and I said, hey, Arrow, do you, wanna, do you wanna learn how to surf on the train? He goes, surf on the train, dad, dad, how? I said, well, you just gotta try to stand there, not touch anything, and as the train stops and starts, you gotta kinda ride the wave. He goes, oh, dad, I don't know if I should. I said, well, why not? What, what, what do you think might happen? He goes, well, what if I get sucked out of the train? I thought, isn't that a, a hilariously irrational fear? That, that The first thing he thought was like, if I stand up, I might get sucked out. I said, Arrow, you just need to trust me. I wouldn't put you in a position to harm you or hurt you. Just trust me. And so, so with a little bit of trepidation, he stood up. And within a few moments, he goes, Dad, I'm surfing. I'm riding on the train. This is awesome. And he came home. He told all his siblings and... The next week, I had my younger son with me, Oakley. And Oakley's going, Dad, can I please try surfing on the train? Arrow made it sound so exciting. Isn't that just the way it always is? That every good and perfect thing that God has for us, it it is a blessing, but it requires some trust. God's just constantly saying, trust me. As a dad, I'm constantly saying, try this food. Trust me, you're going to like it. Come on, let's try this experience. Let's go on this roller coaster. Trust me, it's safe and you're going to love it. And when it comes to tithing, God's saying, just trust me. Just trust me, you're going to enjoy it. Now, if I'm going to talk about tithing, I want to really carefully lay out some things that tithing is not. Because if I'm not careful, you've already made a preconceived notion. I'm not a tither or I am a tither. And so I don't need to hear about this. But but let me just unpack it a little bit. Here's what tithing is not. Number one, tithing is not a tax. Tithing is not the, the church tax. It's not the Christian tax. It's not that God wants what we have. It's the other way around. We need what God has. God's not looking to us as if we have the resource that he is lacking. It's not like he, he's calling in uh, what he is owed. Check out what it says in the book of Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. As you turn there, is this okay? You getting something out of this? If you're in the chat, you can just say, I'm with you. I'm following. If you're not following, I can't go back and edit the video, but God knows. God will help us. Check it out. Acts chapter 17 and uh, starting at verse 4, talking about, the, the resource that God has. It says, uh, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth. He does not live in a temple built by human hands and he's not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. God's the giver. He, he's not looking to tax us as if he needs something from us. It's not like God's going, oh my goodness, I overspent. This month, I've overspent on meteorites and baby penguins. I, I don't know, like Gabriel just got crazy and spent, I need, I need to call in the taxes from the church. Tithe's not a tax. Number two, tithe is not law. Check it out. You, you get off this, this service, if you wanted to, you could go search up tithing and you would see a group of angry bloggers on each side of this equation. Someone would be going, tithe, tithe, tithe. And others would be saying, no tithe, no tithe, no tithe. And most of it would come to this argument of, I'm a Christian, so it's the law, I've got to. Or, I'm not under the law, so I don't need to anymore. And those who say, I'm not under the law, I don't need to anymore, they are speaking to, for those of you who love, like, theology, let's dive in a little bit. They're speaking of the Mosaic Covenant. God made a covenant with a man named Moses, and it was a covenant of holiness, the covenant of holiness saying here is what God requires to walk with him. And so it was a list of rules and laws helping lead and guide the people into holiness. It begins with the Ten Commandments and then it goes on to an extrapolation of all those rules saying this is the high, high, high standard of righteousness that God requires. When Jesus came, he says, I have not come to abolish the law. I actually came to fulfill it. And so in Jesus, his sacrifice on the cross, he actually has fulfilled the law of Moses saying this, it was impossible to be holy, but in me, you can become the righteousness of God. So Jesus, he he fulfills the law. Maybe you're looking and say, I do pretty good. I'm like 379 out of the 380 rules I'm following well, that's missing holiness. But in Jesus, we see a fulfillment of the law. So if you are in right standing with Jesus, you are righteous in the eyes of God and you're holy. But about 400 years before the Mosaic covenant was the Abrahamic covenant. God made a covenant with a man named Abraham. And his covenant with Abraham sounded something like this. I like you. That was it. He just chose Abraham. He just chose Abraham. It was a covenant, not of holiness, but a covenant of grace. God just saying, I love you. And because I love you, I'm going to pour blessing on you. And the type of blessing I'm going to pour on you is going to reverberate throughout the generations and change the whole world. Well, friends, you and I are not under the Mosaic covenant, but we are under the Abrahamic covenant. If you've received God's grace, then Father Abraham, who had many sons, many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. If you grew up in church, you know what I'm talking about. We're still under the Abrahamic covenant. We are children of Abraham, children of that same type of grace. And it was Abraham, 400 years before Moses, who acknowledged the blessing he had, and he he uh, presented to this man named Melchizedek, who was like a a Christ-like figure. He said. Out of the blessing I have, I want to set aside 10% and honor you and bring it to the house of God and just show honor to God. You see, tithe is not a law. Tithe is a principle. Tithe actually predates the law. And so, yes, we are free from the law. Jesus has fulfilled it, but we're still living in the principle of grace. Are you getting this today? So tithing is not a tax. Tithing is not a law. Number three, tithing is not the only foundation for God's blessing. I got to say that again, because you got to get it in your heart. Tithing is not the only foundation for God's blessing. If it were, it would be an easy sermon to preach. It would just be manipulation. If I said to you, the only way to receive God's blessing is to, to bring 10%. And if you don't, you won't receive God's blessing. It just makes it really cut and dry. It's just not the gospel. The Gospel is this that God is a giver, that God is a blesser in fact, the Bible says He causes the sun to shine on the just and the unjust, He causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. Why? God loves sun, God loves rain, God loves people. He is a He's a blesser. so he is not manipulating us into doing something and withholding blessing unless we do. It would be the exact same as a parent if I said, kids, the Bible says, honor your father and mother and it'll go well with you. So if you ever deviate from what I prefer, there is no blessing for you and nothing will go right. Be easy parenting, it would just be manipulation. So maybe, maybe you've experienced that, heard that, or thought that was true. I want you to be free from that today. Be free from that. God's blessing is not contingent on you, okay? It's not a tax It's not the law, and it's not the only foundation for God's blessing. Here's what tithing is, however. Number one, it's 10%. 10%. Some people go, yeah, I tithe. I just kind of do it my own way. It's like, you know, 3-ish percent. That wouldn't be a tithe. That would be like a a thrive. (laughs) Tithing's 10%. It's 10%, no matter how much you have, it's 10% of that. I remember the first paycheck I ever had, $18. I was eight years old, the year was 1990. I got my $18 check on, on Friday. And on Sunday, I came to church with $1.80 in my pocket, able to give and return to the Lord. Now, can we together just laugh at how insignificant a dollar eighty is? It's nothing. But guess what? It's 10%. I love love the principle of 10% because 10% is really easy. The only percentage easier than 10% is 100%. Because with 10%, all you do is move a decimal. Two, four, six, seven, eight, nine, 10. These bean bean seeds are coming in handy. 10%, no matter how many seeds you have, these are for you to use and that is for you to return to God. 10%, whether it's 10% of $18. By the way, An $18 paycheck, I was making $1 an hour. Now we would call that child exploitation. In 1990, we called that initiative, and I had a lot of it. It's funny, right? 10%, it's easy to look at somebody with little and say, well, it's so easy for you to to tithe 10% because it's so insignificant. Well, it's still 10%. In the same manner, it's easy to look at someone with a lot and say, easy for you, you've got millions. For you to tithe 10% would be so easy because you're left with so much, but it's still 10%. I've had business people come to me before and say, Pastor Justin, you you don't realize how hard it would be for me to tithe? I've got a lot of money. And I'm kind of tempted to say, well, why don't we agree together in prayer that God would reduce your income to a level that you feel comfortable tithing? Can Can we have faith for that today? The the reality is that the the principle of the tithe is one of the most equalizing principles that there is. It's 10% of your increase. Number two, not only is it 10%, it's the first 10%. Well, why does that matter so much? Here's why. Because it establishes trust. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. When we take the first 10% and we say, God, that's yours. I'm gonna live on this. We are saying, God, I trust you. If we were to say, I'm going to wait and I'm going to make sure I pay my rent, I'm going to make sure I pay my bills, I'm going to make sure I do the things that I enjoy, I'm going to make sure I save and and hit off some debt. And if there's any left at the end, God, you can have the 10%. It was still the exact same amount of money. It just involved no trust. The tithe always involves trust. So not only is it 10%, it's the first 10%. The Bible says this, set aside money on the first day of the week to bring to the Lord. I get excited every time I receive money. The first thing I do, I'm telling you, the first thing I do is I log on and I give to my church online. I hope you do the same. I hope you do same. Pastor Deshaun, I hope this is okay. I'm going, I'm going there today, but I hope you do the same. It's 10% and it's the first 10%. Number three, tithe is brought to the storehouse. To the storehouse. Now, what's the storehouse? I suppose we could have a spirited debate on this. But, but as I look at scripture, here's what I see that every iteration of a tabernacle or a temple had a storehouse, a place where some treasure was stored. In Malachi, it says, bring your full tithe, 10%, the first 10%, to the storehouse so that there might be food in my house. In the book of Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19, it says, we are the living stones that God is building together as his church. So I believe with all my heart that the New Testament picture of the storehouse is the local church. And aren't you glad the local church is not a building? I I know I am. Vivid Church doesn't own any buildings yet, but I believe one day we will. Next Level Church, I know you don't own any buildings yet, but I believe one day you will. To return a tithe, the first 10%, is not just to say it's my discretionary way to give what I want to give where I want to give it. It's to come with hands off and say that that belongs to God. Imagine with me for a second if... Pastor Deshaun, maybe maybe you just gave me $1,000 to keep. You say, it's, it's not yours forever. Just hold on to it for me. And if that would be great, by the way. I, I hope one day we're that kind of friends where you can just just trust me with $1,000. But imagine I'm walking around with Pastor Deshaun's $1,000. And then someone I, I see, and man, they want some shoes. And I go, you know what? I got it. I got it. I'm going to pay for that with Pastor Deshaun's $1,000. And so I buy them some shoes and I take care of some other needs and I return to Deshaun. He goes, hey, where's my $1,000? I say, don't worry, man. I actually paid you by giving it away to, to them. He would say, that's cool that you did that, but you did that with my money. In the same manner, tithing is not just a discretionary. You know, I give to some good things and I try to be a generous person and I, I pick up the tab every now and again. Tithing is a return. Is that cool? into it for me and if that would be great by the way I, I hope one day we're that kind of friends where you can just just trust me with a thousand dollars but imagine I'm walking around with Pastor Deshaun's thousand dollars and then someone I, I see and man they want some shoes and I go you know what I got it I got it I'm gonna pay for that with Pastor Deshaun's thousand dollars and so I buy them some shoes and I take care of some other needs and I return to Deshaun he goes hey where's my thousand dollars I say don't worry man I actually paid you by giving it away to to them. He would say, that's cool that you did that, but you did that with my money. In the same manner, tithing is not just a discretionary. You know, I give to some good things and I try to be a generous person and I, I pick up the tab every now and again. Tithing is a return. Is that cool? These are the principles. If we want to live in the blessing of Malachi 3, if we want to, like it says in Corinthians, experience, when I put seed in the ground, there is an abundance of return, then we need to know it's 10%, it's first, and it's to the storehouse. Number four, tithing is an acknowledgement of our trust in God. Tithing is saying, God, you and me with 90% is better than me alone with 100%. God, I'm trusting that, that, that you can actually allow blessing to abound in this area, that I would be better off without this and with you on my side. That means this, tithing is not only a what, but it is a when and a where and a why. Come on, if you take no other notes, catch this today. Tithing is not just what, but it's first to the storehouse, because I'm acknowledging that I trust in God. I'm acknowledging that when I plant, I can expect to to receive a harvest. I'm acknowledging that my roots are defining the ability for God to bring fruit in my life. And lastly, as my time has come to an end, let me conclude with this, tithing is blessed. That's right, tithing is blessed. Now, now I said before, it's not the only foundation for God's blessing. Absolutely not the only foundation for God's blessing. God God blesses because of who he is. And yet he says there's something blessed about the tithe. God blesses just because of an abundance of his grace. And yet he says, here's a way you can experience a unique kind of blessing. You You know, some of you might say, I don't intend to ever tithe. Are you saying I'm not saved? No, of course you're saved. I'm never gonna tithe, can I still attend here? Of of course you can, why wouldn't you? You can be a part of the church, but you are missing out on a little bit of what God wants to do in your life, a blessing that he's promised to give. And I don't know about you, but when I look at how good God has been to me, I want all he has in store for me. I want all the blessings and tithing, it's blessed. Why is it blessed? Because it's a test and it's not a test of us, it's a test of God. When we tithe, this is not testing my trust. It's not God saying, I'm gonna withhold blessing from you and you better prove yourself before I prove myself. No, no, it's God saying, just, just, just trust me. And when you trust me, you're putting me to the test. And now I'm on the clock. And what I will do for you is pour out so much blessing that you won't know what hits you. You know, I told you before that, uh, that my wife and I just had our eighth child. His name's Crux, which means cross. It's the, the, the center point, the most important point of any issue. And uh, we're just so blessed, like truly we're so blessed. People ask us some crazy things. When you have a big family, they go, well, why? I had someone ask me the other day, what, like, where are you from that would make you wanna have eight kids as if it was linked to my belief system or my ethnicity? The truth is I just, I, I'm so blessed by God and we want our life not to be about the accumulation of things, but about pouring into people. We're so blessed. So I'm blessed, right? Like I'm blessed. But, but if you were to come to me right now and say, hey, I, w- I wanna buy you a taco. Imagine if I said, oh, no, I don't need a taco. I already have eight kids. I'm blessed. It's like, well, they're not mutually exclusive. You, you can experience this blessing and s- still enjoy this taco. Do you, do you follow with what I'm saying? God, he, like salvation is the greatest blessing. If you never tithe, he's not withholding salvation from you. But he's also extending a different kind of blessing with you that comes with the obedient step of tithing. God will pour a blessing in your life even if you fail. And even if you fall, even when we're faithless, God is faithful, but he has marked out this one area where he goes, do this, just test me. So tithing is not a tax, it's not the law, it's not the only foundation of God's blessing. It is 10%, it's the first 10% to the storehouse, acknowledging our trust in God. So it's not just what, but when, where, and why. And it truly is blessed. It's putting God to the test i want to pray for you right now and here's the crazy thing okay here's what, what i need you to do number one i want to pray that you'd have boldness to obey god in this that you'd pray a crazy type of prayer today and agree with me god help me to do this not just today but always i i just i'm believing for incredible multiplication and blessing in next level church and i think that there's some people who need to get free in this area you have become a bean counter in your life and your life has just become way too small it's all just about seed and god wants your life to be about something more about fruitfulness a multiplication of plants don't just put some seed in the ground and experience one plant as remarkable as it would be but get ready for an incredible harvest so i want to pray for you in that but secondly and this is really audacious. I want to pray for you if you don't know Jesus. It'd be wild if, as I'm talking about bean seeds and, and, and blessing, if maybe God's just knocking on the door of your heart today to receive salvation. If that's you, I want to pray with you. Can you agree with me in prayer? It's really simple. You, you can put your, your life in God's hands, trust him, and, and relationship with him begins. It's just simple like this. Jesus, I give you my life. I trust you. In Jesus' name. Amen. If that's your prayer, You've just begun a relationship with Jesus. Reach out to Pastor Dusan and Michella. Tell them, I made that decision today. Keep walking it out. But now let me pray for you. Blessing in your life. Jesus, I pray for courage and boldness on every person who's part of Next Level Church, not only to invest their hearts, not only to invest their energy, but to trust you in this and to put you first. I pray for incredible obedience in the area of tithing and for the remarkable stories of testimony of your incredible blessing on this house as you do so god we put you first we bring you our best and we do so with anticipation knowing that it's blessed in your name we pray and everybody said amen oh, i love you so much i'm looking forward to seeing you one day in person and we're so honored to be leading worship next month god bless you guys Hello, Next Level. Thank you so much for having me here today. What an honor it is to be able to speak into the life of your incredible church. I got to say right off the bat how much I love and appreciate your...
1: Thank you so much, Pastor Justin. That was a powerful word. And thank you. We love the way you deliver the power the Word of God in such a uh, straightforward and honest and uh, and, uh, incredible way. So God bless you, Pastor Justin and thank you again for investing into our church today we are so grateful so church uh, i don't need to say much more after that and pastor justin clearly explained the principle of sowing and reaping and cheerfully giving as you invest into next level church you're not just giving to next level church but you're giving through next level church and we're uh, so grateful for so many of you who have partnered with us even before we launched our church many of you sacrificially invested and we were able to fundraise and purchase all the equipment that we needed and launched this church strong on September 22nd 2019 we're coming up to our two-year anniversary this September and I can as far as we can track almost 300 people made a decision for Jesus amen can we give a clap to Jesus right now yeah That's because of your sacrificial giving. Even in the story uh, of the poor widow in 2 Kings, we see Elisha gave an instruction to, to collect empty jars. Now this widow just had a little bit of oil. And that little bit of oil, she listened to the prophet's voice and she started to pour that oil. As she kept on pouring into the jars, the jars kept filling up her son brought more jars the jars kept filling up now the reason why this woman was in a desperate situation is because the debtors people that her husband owed money to they were coming to collect and she had nothing but she took a step of faith and sacrificially started to pour the oil and it kept flowing miraculously today I want to challenge you that as you sacrificially give as you sacrificially invest God will move miraculously in your life. You're gonna see the four ways to give come up right now. And if you do online banking, it's very easy. You can e-transfer. And this uh, donation that you make, you can make it recurring and you can get tax receipts for it. But we wanna tell you that this is not uh, just a, just a, a goodwill donation, but this is an investment into the kingdom of God. We have many plans coming up for the summer and into the fall. And we're planning to reopen very soon in person and we would love for you to partner with us and the question is is this church your home or is it just a hotel because if it's your home you can invest you can trust what God is doing because God will reply uh, he will uh, give back unto you multiple for- portion till you overflow amen so we're going to move on to worship and I wanted you to also make a, a decision as Pastor Justin Uh, give you an opportunity to welcome Jesus into your heart if you made that decision then connect with us we would love to do life with you we would love to help you take those steps in coming uh, closer to Jesus and also growing in the Lord so let's worship God together Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. You are our good Father and we're so grateful that we can call unto you and you answer us. We thank you for providing for us, Father, every hands, every heart, every investment. Lord, we thank you and we bless them. And we thank you for what's ahead. And I pray, God, that this coming week will be an outstanding week for every single one of us. That we will walk in freedom, we will walk in liberty, we will walk in confidence in our Lord Jesus Christ and we especially bless Vivid Church Vancouver all the campuses there and also Vivid Church Toronto Pastor Justin and uh, all the team and Pastor Aaron Father we just thank you God for what you're doing in their church and we thank you God because they are tremendous uh, blessing to us and so Father we just lift them up to you and we thank you for what's ahead in Jesus name we pray amen 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 God bless you and we will see you next week. And until then, feel free to connect connect with us on social media. We would love to chat with you there. But right now, right after church, right now, in, in, a, in a minute, we're going to be on Zoom. If you want to know more about our church, connect with us, uh, hang out with us. You can jump on Zoom in just a couple of minutes, and we would love to meet you there. So God bless you. We will see you then. Bye-bye.